Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewcast. I'm Gareth Prater of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, hardware, conventions, pop culture, travel, entertainment, and more. You can also catch me on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KISWFM. Currently, the show is in a bit of a hiatus because we're retooling with some of the other talent on the show, but we will be returning that and segments on the air very soon. And then, of course, we also have Pinal Central, uh, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of 21 newspapers and 12 markets that we provide game reviews to. We have our Skewed and Reviewed magazine. The latest issue will be out at the end of September. And, of course, you can catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, Open Critic, and many other outlets. Now, uh, being a holiday weekend, we've had a bit of craziness going on with some of the schedules. We've got a lot of travel coming up. So Michael is, again, out this week, and uh, Justin and I will be doing the show. But let's hit the ground running. And right now, as we're recording this, PAX West is going on. We have a team on site, and we just put up a bunch of pictures for it this morning. And while, again, we are not seeing the big boys, so you know, naming off some of the people we are not seeing, there's no Sony, uh, don't really see much from Microsoft, uh, no Bethesda, obviously Activision and EA, but they do not go to PAX. You're not seeing any Ubisoft, and uh, not seeing Warner Brothers, more on uh, that later. But, you know, Bandai Namco did make it. Nintendo has a small area promoting Splatoon 3, and you're seeing a few more companies than you had last year, but obviously not what you would normally expect at a traditional show. Uh, so, Justin, what does this tell you in terms of the companies and their um, thoughts on returning to conventions now compared to last year? Well, I don't think it really, for, for PAX particularly, I don't think it uh, really says much about uh, reluctance to um, to return to um, a convention setting because I think we've had plenty of other conventions where um, they have been kind of you know full-throated supporters and and showing up in person and things like that. I think this is more of a PAX thing, and we've talked about in the past how PAX has become smaller and smaller over years. I mean, obviously it's a bigger and bigger show, but in terms of like it's. Um, the, the amount of uh, big reveals and people who and companies that kind of show up to support it, um, it's become smaller and smaller. And honestly, you know, that's not a dig at PAX. I think that's actually kind of what the intention of the show always was to be like a fan show, uh, a little bit more, um, you know, uh, about tabletop gaming, indie gaming, and things like that. Um, the other issue is just timing. The, where, where they time uh, PAX West is pretty difficult. Um, you know, you could make an argument that uh, that some companies might uh, like the you know the in between E3 uh, or actually in between Gamescom and TGS kind of time frame to kind of do big reveals. But um, you know, I I think it's it it's typically not a time period where where big reveals happen anyway so um you know i don't really necessarily think this has much to do with uh the larger support for uh conventions and and it's probably just more indicative of where pax is going 
Yeah, you're absolutely right on that because it, it to me it's a matter of timing. I mean, yes, we can discuss all the reasons between saving money, the losses, COVID, so on and so forth um, as to why certain companies aren't there. Although, you know, COVID is, uh, you know, knock on wood, they're seeing a decline across the country. Uh, certain shows coming up are not even going to require any vaccine uh, mandates. I mean, we just heard that our cruise lines uh, after September 23rd are not going to require any pre-board testing if you're fully vaccinated and you submit your documentation for verification ahead of time. They've even gone so far as to tell us masking is going to be optional. Now, obviously, that can all change on a dime with an uptick in cases. But, you know, the, the point is, I, I think those things are becoming less and less. I think you hit it absolutely nail on the head with timing. You had Gamescom last week, and I know a lot of these companies have a European promotion division and a North American promotion division, but the bottom line is it's still the same parent company. The money still has to be allocated, the time, the planning, the builds of the games. You had uh, Gamescom last weekend, or week before I think it was, you had Gamescom recently, you had um, PAX this weekend, and on September 15th through 18th, you have the Tokyo Game Show. So right there, and let's not forget, we also have the uh, Game Awards coming at the end of the year, and you know there's going to be the big push. We've already had Ubisoft reveal a new Assassin's Creed game in a tease and say we're going to have more at our presentation coming up. We've been told that uh, very likely you might see Sony announce one of their presentations this week. Um, so you can see that, you know, Tokyo Game Show's coming, this thing's going on, and it's a case of, like people have said, it's all about the money. For someone who has a smaller budgeted game or a smaller studio, PAX is essential. But if you're a larger company and you can afford to do the print ads, the, uh, you know, elaborate trailers to release to, um, you know, various media outlets, uh, magazine ads, things like that, you're going to get a lot more attention. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, like kind of the argument I need, I make is that you have an indie game and you have Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2 is going to get a huge advertising blitz. But the bottom line, the people who know this game know it. That's one of those things where they could kind of say, you know what, do we really need to go around the conventions? Do we really need to show these things off ahead of time? Because traditionally we show it at E3. Maybe we could just get away with showing trailers. And, you know, and like they've done in recent years and they're doing this year, we're just going to stick a beta up in a couple of weeks, let people play the beta, uh, well, give them a taste of it and go from there. Now, what is also interesting to me is that you're seeing um, just kind of a, I, I guess, a changing of the guard in some way, in that some companies are going with a very minimal um, layout for the floor. Some are starting to come back with the elaborate boots and stuff like that, so that is an interesting thing. But then the guys up at PAX said, you won't believe this, but McDonald's has got a booth on the floor. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy because anyone who's been to the convention center knows you either exit the convention center, you go downstairs, there's like a, a subway and a uh, mom and pop coffee shop. There's some places outside, there's, you know, restaurants all around because it's downtown. 
but they also have uh, concession areas, you know, nachos, hot dogs, sandwiches, pizza, things like that on the floor. And it was really interesting. I asked him, I said, are they just there exhibiting or are they actually, you know, s distributing food? And he's like, I'm going to find out for you. But he showed me photos of their booth. And that was like kind of a surprising thing to see at a um, gaming show. But either way, I think it'll be interesting. The next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting. And that leads me to our next topic, which is the Disney's D23 Expo. It is taking place next weekend. And for those of you who don't know, this is a biannual convention. It was supposed to happen last year. It was delayed one year. So we have not had one since 2019. And this is a massive showcase of everything from Disney theme parks, hotels, cruise line, television shows, movies, and other Disney branded entertainment. They have um, legends and award ceremonies. They have panels on what's coming to the park and the cruise lines, the hotels, uh, lots of celebrity guests. The uh, movie event is a huge thing on um, Saturday morning because you have, I mean, to give you an idea, in years past, we had most of the cast of the Avengers come out and debut the first footage for it. We had Anthony Mackie and Chris Evans come out and debut scenes from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that were just shown the night, uh, filmed the week before. Uh, first look at Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of stuff. And so they basically said, we're gonna get um, news on what's coming from Disney, Pixar, Lucasfilm, and of course, Marvel. And then some people also wonder, are we gonna get some of the new Fox categories? Speculation is running wild. I mean, obviously there's talk that, are we gonna get the Fantastic Four? Are we gonna get the Dead Deadpool 3? I personally think you might finally get something more on Indiana Jones other than that image they showed at Lucasfilm. Uh, a little credence to that. Found out John Williams had been recording the uh, music recently. He did a show at the Hollywood Bowl the other night and actually debuted uh, the theme to uh, one of the supporting characters. So, you know, maybe we'll get a title or a first look at the footage. Who knows? And of course, this is all ultra secret because uh, the last couple times we went, you had to seal your phones and electronics and Mylar bags, and there was no no video, no photo, any of that allowed. And so you only, after the two-hour-plus presentation was done, um, you know, you'd get it out. Last year, or excuse me, the last time they had a show, uh, Ewan McGregor announced the Obi-Wan series. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson came out on a replica of the Jungle Cruise promoted the film so it's a it's a big deal Johnny Depp's been there Harrison Ford's been there and uh, obviously tons of stuff we you know I've got a whole week in a coverage plan but one thing I can tell you for sure is I'm absolutely going to be covering the Marvel video game panel we've already got my confirmation for that so Midnight Suns and the Marvel themed games that are coming uh, supposed to be covering the Simpsons supposed to be covering Bob's Burgers they've already said they've got an announcement a huge announcement coming uh, at the Simpsons panel, so we're really excited about that. So look for that next weekend, so a lot of stuff. And then recently, just a quick aside, you had Creation, who had their Star Trek Expo last weekend, and uh, lots of the stuff there, Denise Crosby talking about coming back for Picard, a lot of uh, rumors, innuendo, stuff like that. So it'll be really, really interesting, and then of course, you know, as that was all wrapping up, we uh, we got news the week before about the director who was supposed to direct the new Star Trek film has basically jumped on board the Fantastic Four, so they're back looking for a director. 
So, crazy, crazy stuff. Now, Justin, we sent you uh, some pictures last week that came out of the concept artwork for the upcoming Alien TV series. So what can you tell us about that, and what's your impression about that, please? Yeah, so some concept art, it looks like it appears to be a leak. Uh, it does not, it's, there was no, like, official announcement or anything, so it is a bit of a leak there of um, some concept art from the Alien TV series. And basically what we're looking at is uh, a basic, some confirmation. Um, so, you know, one thing it does put to rest is there, there were some concerns, you know, that there wouldn't be an alien in the Alien series, uh, which my, my controversial take is I would actually mostly be okay with that. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, eventually, I think there should be an alien in the Aliens in the Alien series, but um, my kind of wacky idea um, for an Alien TV show that I think would be pretty cool is kind of build up to it, you know, kind of introduce us to the universe, maybe explore other parts of it, uh, and kind of build up to, you know, the big the big alien reveal, like, you know, and maybe in a later season or something like that. Um, there no no reason to uh, um, to, uh, uh, to to rush it, I guess, is, is my is my my take. But basically, uh, for, for those who would be concerned about such a thing, um, the alien is in the alien TV show. So, um, so the, the concept art does show that, um, does also, you know, we, we knew that it was going to take place on earth. So basically what we're looking at is one, um, one piece of concept art is like a crashed ship in a city. Um, and then you have a, a second image of some Marines, looks like colonial Marines. Um, they're probably not colonial Marines, but they look very similar. Um, kind of exploring the, what, what, you know, appears to me to be the hull of the ship, maybe. Um, and there is, um, some, uh, alien eggs in there. Uh, so a very classic image of the alien eggs and the Marines kind of approaching them. Um, and then we have uh, an image of, of an actual xenomorph kind of in a, uh, it looks to me to be kind of like a, uh, like a corporate building, um, kind of lifting up someone, like someone up like an elevator, what kind of looks like an elevator shaft or something, something like that. So uh, very, you know, interesting stuff. You know, I, I remain, you know, I've, I've said here on the show that uh, I am a little, I'm a little skeptical and, you know, I, I, I think I have a natural skepticism uh, to things just because I think, uh, you know, I, I do tend to just have this, um, uh, you know, I don't, I try not to get my hopes up kind of thing so that, um, that, uh, you know, I, I can be impressed. So, uh, I am a little skeptical just because the idea of, uh, of an alien TV show taking place on Earth, uh, I have some issues with that. But you know, I, I also have said m many times before that uh, that the talent behind it does seem really good. So Noah Hawley, um, he's uh, he's done you know the Fargo show in the past, which is a really great TV show. So um, I'm 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 still interested, but uh, I'm just a little concerned about about this uh, this Earth setting uh, that that it's going to take place in. Uh, but we'll have to kind of see how it goes. Um, there's actually some other alien news that came out also very recently. Um, also very interesting. So, um, let's see, who was it? It said, uh, 
uh, Walter Hill, who's worked, um, you know, uh, one of the longtime uh, Alien producers, um, ha basically said re very recently that um, Disney is not interested in in pursuing the uh, the Ripley storyline. Um, obviously, they're interested in the setting because they're you know we have a new movie coming out, a, a TV show, some video games. So it's obvious that the, they're very interested in uh, pursuing the Alien franchise. But um, according to Walter Hill, they're not. You know, they pitched uh, Alien Five, and they're not at this time interested in in pursuing um, or continuing Ripley's storyline, which I think is kind of interesting. You know, I I, I wonder if um, you know some of their other experiences with other franchises kind of like um, painted their uh, their approach here, um, but uh, I, I found that kind of an interesting, and, and hopefully they change their mind. You know, uh, I would like to see a continuation of Ripley's storyline, so hopefully they do change their mind at some point. You know, Justin, that's a really interesting point. And as an aside, I just got an update that Michael is going to be able to join us, and he'll be jumping in on the conversation in a minute or so once I get this uh, point out. Um, I think you have a very good point, because you look at the Star Wars franchise, and there was a lot of debate as to, did the original characters get enough, you know, quote-unquote, respect? Did they get enough time? And how come we didn't have a scene with the, you know, all of the classics together doing a thing and going out and blah, 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 and all of this? And I get that. I, I you know, as a fan who grew up watching the original films, I absolutely would have loved to have seen Han, Luke, and Leia go out on, uh, you know, a big grand mission, and um, I also understand the concept, though, of this is supposed to be moving the franchise forward, and how do you do that and introduce these new characters, because let's be honest, what has John Boyega complained about? I didn't get enough development for my character. Why didn't this character get more development? Why didn't this character get more development? And you can sit there and you can complain about the writing, you can complain about the focus, and so on and so forth. And those are all, I believe, legit uh, questions. But the bottom line is, you just simply do not have enough time to sit there and do it all. And they had this tough call of how do we essentially have some kind of respectful exit for the original characters and move on to the new characters. Well, you know, depending on who you ask, it didn't work out too well, because a lot of the originals didn't get quite the send-off that some people felt they des deserved. Some of the new characters felt they didn't get enough, you know, full development and arc to their characters. You know, Boyega's still upset over um, Colin Trevorrow's version being scrapped and how he felt the whole concept of, uh, you know, Finn being Force-sensitive was essentially thrown out the window and he felt that was a really important part and so these are these are valid points changing it back over to our original topic of alien this is a hard call because what you're trying to do here is you're essentially trying to say okay we want to go and move the alien franchise forward how do we do it by connecting ourselves back to 1979 and a actress um you know, from the past, who essentially is the franchise, but, you know, they can also look at it and say, well, while these weren't the successes that they'd hoped, 
Prometheus did fairly well on its own. Uh, Covenant didn't live up to expectations, but I think they can look at it and say, well, geez, we've had two films without Ripley. We can move the franchise forward without her. Now, and of course, those were under Fox. Now it's Disney's turn, and they can look at it and say, you know what, maybe it is time for a batch of new characters to move the franchise forward and go from there. And I think that's kind of it. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, it's time for Amanda Ripley to come into the picture. And I could also see them saying, no, maybe it's time just to explore other avenues. When you look at the book series and the comics, they've been able to tell countless stories. Yes, some tie into Ripley, but a lot of them don't. So it will be interesting to see where we go from there. And while we're waiting for Michael, another topic I wanted to bring up is we've got the haunted attraction starting up in uh, California very soon. This coming Thursday, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights is kicking off, and we're going to have a crew at the studio in Hollywood. And uh, while they're doing that, I will actually be driving over to um, get to California for the E23 Expo, which we've talked about earlier. The following week on the 16th, Michael and his wife will be covering the um, Hallowed Scream at um, SeaWorld San Diego. We have some updated stuff on that on our site as well, uh, as well as about their new um, items, new mazes. And then on the 22nd, I plan to be covering the uh, Not Scary Farm press night, a lot of new mazes. We have a lot of new material and coverage on that. And of course, as we get closer uh, to it, we'll be doing uh, previews and we'll also be doing recaps and such, but they are all available on the site at sknr.net. And the other thing I wanted to also mention is next week, if this isn't gonna be crazy enough, covering the 23 Expo all day Saturday with my wife and our granddaughter, we are going to the um, event at, um, Disney's California Adventures, so that will be, uh, they, they are starting up with that, I believe most of it is sold out, but stuff coming up with that, and like I said, Michael will be covering the uh, SeaWorld event. So Michael, just uh, wrapped up a quick discussion, if you wanted to add in on this, we, uh, Justin and I were talking about the three photos that were stuck about the, uh, from concept art for the Alien television series, and he also mentioned how franchise producer Walter Hill had stated that Disney apparently is not interested in pursuing any of the Ripley storylines going forward for the franchise. And I kind of said, it's kind of a slippery slope. I compared it to Star Wars, then that difficult call of how much time do we give to the old characters versus the new characters. And then, you know, some ways it's a lose-lose situation because you have people saying the old characters didn't get enough time and then you have people saying the new characters didn't get their full development like Finn's four sensibilities uh, you know so what what is your take on this yeah no I I mean you're right it kind of works both ways right what we saw with some of the um, Star Wars movies in particular after you know the, the uh, following the originals it can be kind of difficult especially this much time has passed to kind of weave those stories with the original characters and kind of make it a unique um, story. And so in some ways, I think it's probably best that they kind of tell their own story and just go with new characters and maybe um, develop the you know franchise around 
know, some new stories or some, you know, some stories out there. I think, I think referencing Ripley and, and, you know, providing some, um, maybe some background with what she encountered and what was encountered in the movies is a good way to kind of tie things together. But I'm, I think it's probably a good idea if they go ahead and uh, tell their own stories. I mean, we've seen that work with, um, you know, Disney with some of the other, the Star Wars, um, series that they've done on you know Disney Plus and those types of things which I think have worked really well I mean yes they've tied in older characters you know we talk about Mandalorian where they tie in you know Boba Fett or, or something like that but the, what we've seen from Disney in general is they're pretty good at weaving their own stories if they have the freedom to do so so I think the um, alien universe has a has a is pretty vast and I think it's I think it's probably okay if they want to say, you know, tell their own stories from you know, from from other perspectives. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Absolutely, and I think that that's kind of the whole thing. And, and let's be honest, there's also the concern about money. You know, people say, is this ageism and so on? No, I mean, let's be honest. Scorning Weaver's working with them on the Avatar films. It's not a case of that. It's a case of all right, so where are we going with the franchise? And I think we learned that there's a fine line between how much money you can spend and how much you get back. And since what we're hearing is the focus is moving things toward Hulu movies and stuff for the time being, probably for Predator and definitely for Alien, because we already know a Fede Alvarez thing is coming. I think that is kind of what they're looking at, is how do we set up the next 10 years, 20 years or so of the franchise make things reasonable i think we're not going to be seeing a hundred million dollar plus alien films i think they'd love to keep it in the 60 to 70 million dollar range moving forward and uh you know go from there so it'll it will be interesting a lot of stuff to cover now uh michael we also talked about the um haunted attractions and stuff i know we'll have time next week uh to preview uh what's coming up for you as well as uh, me but we got word this week and this really kind of you know leads into a lot of the stuff we've talked about in recent weeks regarding the alleged problems that are taking place over at warner brother discovery from the fallout to the batwoman cancellation to reportedly the cost-cutting measures have not only not saved them money it's actually lost them money to potentially negative uh image around Hollywood. I've had some people, uh, producers and such, allegedly have said that there's a lot of chaos and disorganization there. There are allegations that they don't have the cash flow to release uh, and promote films. That's why we're seeing a reduced slate and a lot of films have been pushed to um, a later date. We talked earlier that they're not at PAX. We don't know if they're going to be at the Tokyo Game Show. I mean, yes, the gaming division is a separate thing, but uh, now we have word this week that Fandome is not going to happen, which, as anyone remembers, the last few years during COVID, this has been their big showcase event where they come out and they promote their shows at the CW, they promote their upcoming DC movies, they promote uh, comics and all kinds of things. They did have a little bit of a presence at San Diego Comic-Con with Black Adam. Uh, Michael, what do you think of this? So, uh, yeah, I mean, all of this kind of points to things, you know, a studio being in potential tr 
trouble and and the, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean if you if you want to save money by minimizing the the your presence at these shows, um, then you're also minimizing your exposure to people, and you're also minimizing your exposure to the fans who are going to drive some of the revenue. And again, that also goes with you know because all of this is really all of these shows, San Diego Comic Con, PAX, any any of these types of shows is really a good marketing opportunity for these studios to um, show off what's coming, build some hype around it, get some excitement, and get people uh, in the seats for the theater and for the movies in particular. And I think again, I think financially the the shows are not cheap. We've talked about that in the past. And while they're not necessarily you know when you talk about an overall marketing budget, they're probably uh, you know they're probably not a, a substantial portion of that. That um, does tend to give them a, a better reach for their target audience. Again, when we're talking about um, you know comic cons and that sort of thing, for folks who are going to see like a superhero type movie. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah, but there's a lot of churn like this. Uh, sounds like they might have to look to restructure and maybe come up with um, a solution to kind of get some of these things out the door, uh, but at the same time not lose money in that process. And it, it does sound like it's a little bit. Um, of a, of a chaotic situation right now, so we'll have to kind of see how it turns out. But you know, I, I it's unfortunate because WB being one of the uh, premier studios for so long, um, with name recognition, brand recognition, all that sort of stuff, it's it's kind of uh, unnerving to kind of see them at this at this point, when, uh, given their uh, previous stature with you know as a production studio. And Justin, your take, please. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I think they've got a lot of work to do to get, you know, back to, you know, where where they need to be, I, I think. Um, uh, honestly, it's a little bit of a mess right now, but, um, you know, I think they're kind of on the right track, just slowly but surely. Yeah, and, you know, for me, it's all about optics. You know, we've talked about this before, and I understand, We, Michael, we've talked about certain companies, so publications who've gone out of business who always made a big deal about you know look at us we're at e3 and we've got this giant booth and we're broadcasting live and look at us we've got these hotel parties and then they go out of business and you hear about you know oh well they just weren't generating the revenue that i thought and i understand there's that fine line between you have to market yourself but at the same time i've always said you have to be responsible and you know throwing out a ton of money on a wing and a prayer hoping that it's going to uh, pay back isn't always the wisest thing to do it that being said when you are in a creative uh, business like a studio is what i'm hearing is disturbing in that producers are talking very badly about the situation and i know it's a competitive and catty business and it's not uncommon for uh, people to say one thing to someone's face and then talk something else behind their back and that sort of thing and I understand egos run high and feelings get hurt with you know projects get passed over canceled whatever but the buzz that I'm getting is that producers are essentially leery about getting involved with them because they think the whole situation is a mess and I look at that and go if producers are, are leery about it are studios in terms of actors actresses going to be concerned our writer you know is this going to be a situation where some people go it 
kind of used to be the old, you went wherever you could find the work, but now are you going to intentionally seek talent who have options to go elsewhere, saying, I think I want to stay clear of them right now because it's too chaotic. I don't want my film put into production and then all of a sudden stop and erased from, and you know, yes, that was one particular case, but you know, that is still reverberating around the industry. You know, people are like, wow, that's, you know, and it is hardly the first film that was put into production that never saw the light of day, but, uh, you know, the, the high profile nature of it, and it, it's just, it's very interesting to see what's happening with this. And, you know, I, I kind of like play it out even further. What happens if Black Adam or one of their other films doesn't hit expectations? You've already had to move Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman 2 back. So what happens if this situation, you know, it, it seems to me, and obviously I don't have access to their financials and their situation, but what happens if these two films or any of these films don't make expectations and they're in a situation come next year where it's, uh-oh, how are we going to get this money? I mean, sure, they can always borrow or something, but are they going to have to shut down even more stuff to come up with money? And that is a trick. And then, of course, there's the whole promotion side of things, and it, you know, it can rapidly slip away from you. Uh, on the happy side of things, we did get an um, update in just now, and uh, this is from Marvel, and apparently they are setting up their, their uh, Thunderbolts film, which is coming on July 26, 2024, and it's the end of a rather short Phase 5, because Phase 5 apparently is only going to do uh, cover about 17 months with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and six films during this time. But uh, we're hearing that Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova character will be in the roster of the Thunderbolts, and that apparently is being confirmed uh, by deadline. So it is interesting to see. That's been a big question as to how would she play into this. Now, obviously, this would tie into next weekend we have the D23 Expo, and um, we should be getting some more news on a lot of projects, and we will go from there. But I just saw that and thought, boy, that is a really interesting bit of news. And uh, Michael, so was there anything else uh, that you had going on entertainment-wise that you wanted to talk about or uh, dig into uh, before we move on to our uh, final set of topics? No, not really. Obviously, we have San Diego coming up um, in a couple weeks, which will be exciting. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking forward to Halloween season and, and seeing how all these uh, shows turn out. I, I am as well, and as I told the audience uh, earlier, we have some video coming up, and we have all kinds of new mazes coming up. We just got an update from uh, SeaWorld earlier this week that was going to chronicle some of the new mazes that they are going to be offering and uh, we have a little bit of a teaser video, which is always a good thing. But uh, one of the things that they're gonna do is that they're gonna have two new haunted houses, one new, one reimagined scare zone, and two new uh, scarias, as they call them. So what they basically did last year is they had three haunted houses, they had various areas set up in scare zones, and then they had uh, some of the rides open, not a lot, but they had a few of them open, and they were in the dark. And so, for example, I went on uh, journey to Atlantis in the dark, which was a lot of fun, especially when that wave of water hits you and that sort of thing. But um, they're gonna—they also have a live show, and uh, 
They're going to have Circus of the Damned, Area 64, Alien Outbreak, Carnival and Chaos, Vampire Underground, and a lot more. So as I said, we have the video on all that. That is going to kick off on September 16th, and then uh, weekends going forward. The following uh, week on the 22nd, I am covering Not Scary Farm, and this weekend on the 8th, we have uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. The final thing I wanted to mention, we danced around this briefly last week, but now that they are out and I've actually had a chance to play them, is we've had two high-profile DLCs come out. First off, the long-awaited new content for Aliens Fireteam Elite has finally brought out the Pathogen update, and might I add, it is frustratingly difficult at times. Uh, let's just say you do go up against a queen, I'll leave it like that. And uh, also, Back for Blood has released Children of the Worm, which is very interesting because it's not just a new map for cosmetics or a hive level. It is a whole new chapter, complete with different missions. You have new enemies, new abilities, new uh, strategies, tactics, items you can put down like a bear trap. And it's, it's quite clever because uh, you go up against essentially a cult in addition to the zombies. So uh, start off with you, Michael. What do you think? Have you uh, had a, heard much about these or heard any uh, bits of information that you uh, wanted to comment on? Honestly, I haven't played either game before. So um, I obviously, I, think, I always think new DLC just shows that there's a commitment to the games. Obviously, I've heard uh, great things about both. I just haven't had a chance to play um, either one. Um, Co-ops are always kind of a difficult thing from a timing perspective. I tend to do a lot more single-player type games for that reason. But um, but no, I think anytime there's a commitment to these games and these franchises, um, particularly on the Alien side, we kind of always talked about um, building up hype for that. So I always think that the more um, exposure these types of properties get and, and the more successful they are, the better. Absolutely. Justin, do you have a comment or anything on that? Well, you'd you know I I really like Aliens Fireteam Elite a lot. Uh, I played actually played it recently, but uh, and as big of a fan of a, as I am of the Alien franchise, you know I obviously on the show I talk about it a lot. Uh, be pretty surprised uh, in that I have not yet played the DLC. I am really looking forward to it, but um, a lot of my time. Um, has honestly been eaten up by uh, there was a, a new DLC and a big release for uh, Warhammer Total War, which um, is one of my favorite games, so that has kind of eaten up uh, a lot of my, my game time right now. Uh, but I am really looking forward to trying the uh, the DLC for Fireteam Elite uh, very soon, So, um, and I, I will uh, definitely let you know how it goes. Yeah, I, I definitely need a victim. I've been having a hard time with that final mission, and the bots just aren't cutting it. I need some actual flesh and blood people to help me out with that last part, because that's where I keep getting cut down, and it's uh, it's been a challenge. Um, we also have Fallout 76, The Pit coming. Modern Warfare 2 is going to be doing the beta soon, but we can talk about that at a later date. You know, As I said, long weekend. It's a great time to get some rest and get caught up. Uh, so, for now, that will do it for us. I will talk to you next week, everybody. We'll probably do our show a little later in the week because I will be at the D23 Expo uh, Sunday morning and then heading home Sunday evening. So uh, look for us probably next Monday or Tuesday with the latest episode. Until then, take care. <laughs>